Hello and welcome to Grazia Life Advice, Grazia Magazine's podcast. I'm Hattie Crisell. Each week I'll be speaking to women worth listening to, asking them to share six pieces of advice they really value and the worst piece of advice they've ever received. Our guest this week is Sarah Jane Mee, the anchor of Sky News' Sunrise. It's the channel's highest rating show and Sarah Jane became the first woman ever to front it when she took over from Eamon Holmes in October 2017. I arrived at Sarah Jane's flat on a miserable rainy day, but it was really homely and cosy. And I can tell you that she has Sky News on all day long. She kept it on mute even during our chat. That's dedication for you. So over to Sarah Jane. I'm here with Sarah Jane Mee. How are you today, Sarah Jane? Uh, I'm very good, actually. Well, I say that, you could probably hear that I'm lying a little bit. Winter is well and truly here. I've got a very husky voice. I don't normally sound like Mariella Fostrop. So I'm doing a really <laughs> bad impression of her because she's fabulous. And I'm definitely not that fabulous. Um, but yeah, I've succumbed to the to the sore throat of the season. Oh, I think it's quite alluring, actually. I quite like Do you? Oh, okay, voice, yeah. good. Good, okay. Well, go with that because you've got it for the next 20 minutes or so. Well, okay. well exactly. So... Um, it's one. Well, it's about one thirty here now. Is this basically your evening? Because you've been up since what three? Oh yeah, this is sort of mid nap time. So I'm going to try and stay with you for the next <laughs> half an hour. Um, yeah, this is sort of the time when I've. Um, well, if I'm having a good day, I've been to the gym, come home, and I'm thinking about having a nap. Yeah, right. Sleepy time. So you time. have a nap, and then what time do you get up, and what time do you properly go to bed? Um, well, half past one. I'll probably get up about three o'clock and then I'll try and carry on with a normal day so I'll have lots of emails from my news team telling me about what's been happening while I've been sleeping yeah (laughs) um and we'll be having a look at the day ahead so I'll have phone calls and things like that so it's busy 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 until about 6 p.m 7 p.m and then I start winding down and then try to be in bed by about 8 30 but Oh, I mean, I like to unwind a bit and there's so many good things on the telly at the moment that I'm normally probably not in bed before 9, 9.30 and I'm okay. watching I'm a Celebrity at the moment. I mean, that's late nights. Oh, you're in trouble All then. the time. I know. Can so- I try and resist and watch it on catch up like a good girl? Yeah. Well, um, thank you for having me here today, especially at nap time. And um, you've done some really good homework and come up with all of your advice. <laughs> I'm very impressed with. So um, start with the first one. Yeah, the first one is don't look back. It's not where you're going. Um, And I remember um, a really good friend of mine talking to me about this at the time of going through a difficult breakup actually I was just turning 30 uh, I was splitting up with a long-term boyfriend I didn't have a secure job I was uh, entering the freelance world and there wasn't much work about at that time and I didn't have anywhere to live and I was in London I just moved back down to London and I just remember thinking oh should I have left the Midlands I had a good job there and you know being upset about this relationship and wondering whether the breakup was the right thing or not and also you know worrying about several other things that happened in the build-up to this and she just said why are you looking back it's not where you're going you're only focusing you should only be focusing on going forward and once you do that everything will fall into place why are you wasting time worrying about what's happened what's been and gone I thought you know what that's bang on and as soon as I started doing that and forgot what had gone on before and just concentrated on the here and now I actually move forward a lot faster and that's something I've just always remembered never look back at what's happened always focus on where you are now and what's ahead of you yeah I love that that's great and also- I mean I didn't love it at the time <laughs> it's a very difficult period turning 30 but I just think that advice summed up that entire period and I just thought, I've wasted so much time I've wasted months being upset 
when really I should have just been looking at the opportunities in, opportunities in front of me. Yeah, I do think, I don't know if you found this, that generally turning 30 is quite a weird period. I, I'm 35 and I remember a lot of my friends going through a bit of a crisis mm. at that age. Yeah, I mean, I just turned 40 this summer and I found that incredibly easy. Um, you know, I've got great friends, great family. Um, I've got my dream job. I'm in a really good place. And I think also mentally, I'm a lot more focus and secure and confident in myself now than I was at 30 I mean I was throwing everything up in the air at 30 you know new job different relationship new city um and I just think turning 40 was so much easier and I thought it would have been the other way around actually getting older I thought would have frightened me a bit more but actually no you know my 40s bring it on yeah I think actually when you look at the research people are supposed to get happier and happier which is really kind of goes bring against. on 50 yeah <laughs> but it's, that's such a positive thought I think yeah like, don't dread getting older it's actually easier no, than... embrace it embrace it I'm loving it so far yeah um so your second piece of advice work hard play hard be kind talk me through that well, there's a well-known high street retailer who's actually got this as a print and they have it in their shop. And quite a few people now, when I go to their house, they have it hanging up. But it came from my parents. And whenever I would worry about anything or have a bit of self-doubt, they would just say, you will always be okay in life as long as you work hard, enjoy yourself and be nice to people. I think, you know, kindness is an undervalued currency. And I remember... Um, getting my job as the anchor of Sunrise uh, two years ago now. Gosh, time's flown. And um, I was in a bit of a daze when they offered me the job because it was unexpected. I was, you know, ecstatic. But I just remember this little moment where my boss said to me, people like working with you. And I just remember thinking, oh, oh, you know, and you don't expect that to be said uh, in a job interview and I just thought do you know what that's true you should work with people who are like-minded and treat others as you want to be treated and I think kindness goes a long way um, and yeah and that just comes from my parents really and to be fair I have worked hard climbed every rung of the ladder on the way up and uh, I play hard as well I promise that's not my, why my voice is suffering it's genuine <laughs> illness um, and you know I've just been nice to people along the way and it's not just the people who will help you, it's the people you can help. Um, You know, I started out as a runner in TV, which is, you know, the very bottom rung. And you're doing everything from fetching coffees to, you know, walking out to get guests in the rain, fetching dry cleaning, doing the photocopying, all the stuff that, let's face it, if you're a runner on a breakfast show, you know, getting up at three in the morning to do that (laughs) doesn't doesn't make you leap, leap out of bed. But, you know, you're on the first rung and just being nice to people on the way up. And then once you're up that ladder, being nice to the people at the bottom as well. It's it's cyclical. I just think be kind. Yeah. Are there people you look back on who were particularly kind and supportive to you on the way up? Yeah, so many. Um, I mean, we always talk a lot about women in the workplace and, you know, how we should help each other. You know, you shine, I shine. And when I was starting out in TV, I didn't have that many female bosses. I had three significant male bosses. And I started out in sport, which still at the time, there are a lot of women in there. I mean, you know, people like Claire Tomlinson, Gabby Logan paving the way, but it was still hard to be a woman in sport. But my male bosses were so supportive and so kind. Um, 
and really gave me the confidence to pave my way when I would turn up to press conferences at, you know, League Two football clubs and would be the only female around for miles probably quite intimidating yeah but then you know a lot of my um male peers the journalists and the local newspaper the newspapers there kind really kind it helped me and again I worked hard proved myself and you know yeah I, I think kindness is key and um now obviously I want to help other women in my profession and kindness comes in there but other men as well yeah yeah there's enough help to go around for everyone yeah exactly kindness just throw it around like confetti yeah how do you manage to um play hard when you've got such a demanding (laughs) job well I would like to put a little disclaimer in there that obviously I only play hard (laughs) Thursday to Sunday when I'm not on Sky News Sunrise um (laughs) I just always make time always make time for um seeing friends and going out and having fun because anyone that does shift work Um, whether it's working overnight, early morning, you know, I've got friends that work in the NHS and um, they do nine day fortnights and they might be doing mornings one week. They might be doing late nights the next week. It's so easy to just think I'm exhausted, exhausted. I'm just going to go home and sit on the sofa in my pajamas and watch a box set. It's making the effort. And I don't think I've ever regretted making the effort, you know, having a shower, getting my glad rags on, going out, even if it's just for a couple of hours to see your mates. I think it's so important. Um, So I love my work and it does take up a lot of my time. But I am very conscious of, you know, I do work punishing hours. I just have to make the effort and I never regret it. Yeah. So moving on to your third piece of good advice, which again kind of harks back maybe to the earlier days of your career. Mm. What is it? If you don't know, ask. And as a journalist, I find it remarkable that people don't heed this advice more. As a journalist, you're there to ask the questions. You don't have all the answers. And I think sometimes, you know, there are people who pretend they have all the answers and and bluff it out and there's a bit of bluster my trick has always been to be honest if I don't know I've asked that's what I'm there for if I'm interviewing politicians and I don't understand something they're the ones that are there to explain it I'm asking the questions that people at home sitting on the sofa want to know so if I don't understand it maybe they don't either and you know the amount of times I've been in a press conference or sitting around a table with people and somebody's just gone off on something I mean it could be about Brexit that's a nice topical example And they're talking about the backstop for the border in Northern Ireland, for example. I mean, all of a sudden, this term backstop is being bandied around everywhere. It's only been in existence, you know, the last few months. I think people get a bit frightened to ask what it is. And I just remember at the beginning going, hang on a second, can we just talk about what that is? What is a backstop? Where does that word come from? What does it actually mean? Uh, I mean, in truth, I think people are still trying to figure out the politicians themselves about what it actually means. But... I just think don't assume knowledge Um, and I think sometimes it's very arrogant to do so and the ABCs of journalism who what where and why are as relevant now as ever you've got to get the basics right don't assume knowledge check everything ask more questions than ever before Um, and I just think that's not just something for journalism I just think that's in you know everyday life as well if you don't know there's no shame in not knowing something just ask how else do we educate each other and ourselves yeah I think often there is a um particularly perhaps from men a bit of a reluctance to show that you might not know entirely what you're talking about oh it's not weakness I don't see it as weakness at all no I don't either I think it's a weakness to try and be you know, full of bravado and, and brave it out because it's going to catch up with you eventually. I know, you can only bluff so long, can't you? And then <laughs> yeah, exactly. People realise you don't really know what you're talking about. 
Um, okay, so your fourth piece of advice, unless it's a hell yes, it's a hell no. <laughs> I love that. Um, well, I was having a, a discussion with my friend Henry, um, who's just had her second baby, Jack. Hello, Henry, if you're listening. And um, we were coming back from a holiday and um, I just remember getting the holiday blues on the plane on the way back. And she said, oh, you must have lots of exciting things coming up. And I said, oh, actually, yeah, my diary's really busy. And just looking through my diary, and I actually got the fear on the flight at looking at how packed my diary was because I'd just come back all relaxed. And obviously, I do early mornings four days a week. I have other work commitments. I do pre-recorded interviews. I need to see my family. I need to see my friends. I need to see my boyfriend. And I just looked at a lot of the things in the diary. And I thought, why have I said yes to that? I really don't want to go. And I think... I do it out of politeness. I've got a, well, I used to have a real fear of saying no and offending people. And Henry said to me, why are you doing that? Just say no. And I said, oh, well, you know, I don't, people would like me to be there or so-and-so is going. And I just felt bad. And she went, uh, 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 unless it's a hell yeah, it's a hell no. Don't do things half-hearted. You've got to really want to be there. Otherwise you're wasting your time and their time, both of which is precious. So that's my motto now. If I get an invitation to something or somebody asks me to do something, I literally, the first word out of my mouth is no, unless it's a hell yes. And I I really want to commit to it because, you know, time is precious. And like I said, it's the work hard, play hard mantra. That's great. But don't cloud it with things that you don't really want to go to or be at. It's just, it's not good for anyone. So, um, yeah. And uh, actually, I bought myself a purse um, from Anya Highmarch. It was a bit of an indulgent purchase, but on either side, it says hell yes and hell no. <laughs> the hell no bit is a bit where it keeps the credit card. So that's probably probably a little lesson for me on budgeting. But um, yeah, so now whenever I commit to something, I think, do I really want to do that? Because otherwise yeah. I just feel that I'm really stretching myself. And I want to look forward to the things that I'm doing, whether it be a work commitment, a charity commitment, a social commitment, I really want to look forward to doing that and have enough me time around that, not clog up my diary and feel under pressure. Because there's a lot of social pressure as well, particularly now with social media. I know a lot of my friends get it. If they turn down an invite, they get FOMO. And they're like, Mm -hmm. oh, I really should have gone. Really? Really? Did you have to go? It looks great in that picture, but it probably wasn't. You'd have bumped into your ex-boyfriend. Did I tell you he was there? You know, they ran out of drink at the bar. You know, all of that kind of stuff. It was raining. Your hair would have got wet. It's okay. Just be confident in your decision. Hell yes. Hell no. If you do feel like going out, your (laughs) fifth piece of advice, it may be relevant here. What's that? Well, this piece of advice is dance it out. And actually... It's not about going out, it's about staying in. If you look behind you on my kitchen wall there, just up on the shelf is a sign that says dance it out. And this is when, um, it was just after my 30th that we touched on before. Um, My friend Christina from university and I were living together in West London. And again, we were both turning 30 and both going through a real transition period in our lives. And we would both come home from work and sort of convene in the kitchen, talk about what we're going to eat that night, you know, pizza, salad, all the single girl stuff. And we just talk about our day. And if we were having a bit of a down day, or if it's crappy weather outside, or we're just feeling a bit blue, we'd dance it out. So we'd pick a song, (laughs) stick it on the speaker in the kitchen, and just have a three minute, no one's watching dance. And it was just brilliant. And it just became a little ritual. Some nights we didn't need it. Um... 
And on some of those nights, we didn't need it. We did it anyway, because it just made us feel even better. But it was just having that three minutes to dance to just a favourite track and just have a giggle with your mate. And we went through a real period of doing that. And I've still got the sign in my kitchen now. I kept it. Um, And just every now and again, if I'm feeling a bit down, just stick a song on Spotify, on your phone or whatever. You don't need a big speaker. And just have three minute, just grooving around I, I guess. love that and I'm sure it must kick off some sort of endorphins or something yeah it's great it it's like when the song comes good. on a radio that you really love I mean I cannot sing especially not with this throat at the moment but it's just great just have a little dance in your seat a little sing song it's brilliant and it's such a mood lifter and it's something that yeah I've been doing since my days in Chiswick with Christina Okay, so your sixth piece of advice. Now, you've given me a note which just says safety pins, so you're going to have to explain this one. Now, safety pins. Uh, This one is for all um, the big boob ladies out there. I'm always having mishaps with my tops because shirts are a nightmare. They're always gaping. There's always a little bit of, you know, something that shouldn't be on show, whether it's your bra or whatever. And I always carry safety pins around me because on TV, you're changing outfits so much and you might be out on location always have safety pins with you just to clasp that bit together um and I always have some with me I've got some in my makeup bag in every handbag I have um I've got you know a whole pot full of them at work because I always need them um and I was out the other night with a friend of mine and this is the first time in ages that I've not taken out safety pins with me and uh, my friend's trousers split when she went to the toilet and I mean from the base of her back all the way down to her bottom you could see everything fortunately fortunately she had a three-quarter length blazer on otherwise I don't know how we'd have got her out of that restaurant it was ridiculous and I was just laughing because I said I didn't take my own advice tonight I've got a new handbag there are no safety pins in it I can't rescue so safety pins they come to the rescue for everything if a hem's come down if there's a you know a little gape between buttons it's saved me a number of times but I couldn't come to that friend's rescue and I couldn't name her at all Natalie Pinkham <laughs> she'll love that I'm sure she'll be so glad that you mentioned her she styled it out to be fair if that had happened to me I would not have made such a glamorous exit she completely styled it out yeah, I'd have they'd have had to get a tablecloth for me or something <laughs> smug, smuggle me out under that but yeah safety pins have them everywhere okay that's the top tip so now we come to the worst piece of advice you've ever received yeah and um, this was early on in my career actually um I remember coming into TV and I wasn't quite sure where I wanted to go in television. I knew that I wanted to be involved in 24-hour news and sport. Uh, I love the immediacy of it. Um, I love working in a buzzy newsroom and creating news. And I was, uh, you know, very junior at the time. And I just remember uh, my boss just saying, I don't think this is for you. I think you should look at doing something that's not on screen. I don't think you'll ever get there. And I just remember thinking, oh, well, I know I'm quite early on in my career, but I don't think I'd be that bad. And I just had a real moment then because, you know, TV's a hard industry to break into. And I just remember thinking, wow, okay, well, he must know what he's talking about. He's, you know, a big boss. And then I just thought, you know what? No, I don't, I'm not, I'm not actually having any of that. So again, work hard, play hard, be kind. Um, I probably took the play hard out for a little while just so I could concentrate on working hard and, and proving him wrong. And I just carried on. And I just think sometimes it's really cruel to say to people, you're just not going to make it in this business. 
you know, it's all, it's all very subjective. I might not be everybody's cup of tea on television. I'm sure you might sit there at home and watch TV presenters and go, oh, I don't really like them. I prefer them. It's just subjective. So not everybody's opinion is correct. It can be valid. You can take it on board. But I think it's all about forming your own opinions. And if you back yourself, and again, you're willing, willing to work hard and be kind to people and just have belief in your own talent and ability I think that goes a long way so you know whenever I'm talking to people who are trying to break into TV in fact any industry there can be so many knockbacks and I just think you know the more people tell you you can't do something be more determined if you have a real fire in your belly for something don't let anybody try and put that out Um, because it really could have knocked me and I could be doing something completely different I've got no idea what. (laughs) Maybe that was the fear that kept me doing it. But I just, you know, I was disappointed with that advice that I got. But again, it was just an opinion. It wasn't fact. So I only operate in facts. I turned that negative into a positive. But I just remember it really knocking me at the time and thinking, wow, you know, I've put so much into this. And am I going to get ever going to get anything out of it? I hope that person remembers that and feels like an idiot now. No, <laughs> well, I see them every now and again. Oh. And we're, <laughs> and we're, on, we're on very good terms. We're on very good terms. Oh. But, you know, it's all about it's all about self-belief. And don't let anybody tell you you can't do something because, you know, they're wrong. Thank you so much for speaking to me. It's been fantastic. It's been a pleasure. And I'm sorry that I sounded a little bit like Take Kermit the Frog, Mariella no. Fostrop. I, I prefer Mariella, but it's probably a little bit more Kermit the Frog. Oh, well, go and have a nap now huge thanks to Sarah Jane for her brilliant advice. You can catch her presenting Sunrise from 6am to 10am on Sky News, Mondays to Thursdays. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do subscribe, rate us, review us and share us. It really helps spread the word. See you next week for more advice from women worth listening to. Listener.